some point you'll just have me uh his internet already kicked him off once uh, on the <laughs> show so uh i've i've got everything prepared and ready uh for that to two happen. more weeks so, two more weeks yeah two more weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh no it's uh yeah so if you if you get if you lose me well Halterman will take over but yeah we're back uh obviously the belmont stakes uh lived i think it lived up to the what we thought going into it we'll talk a lot about what we uh, what we saw, of course, we were there. Uh, but uh, you know, what? Before we get into the racing, you know, how's it feel? Kind of, uh, you've had a few days. I've been busy with the kids, but like, how to decompress after this triple crown? It's been a weird triple crown, uh, three races. You know, it's it's been a triple crown. I don't think any of us will ever forget. And I think that's that's kind of what you hope for going into the first five races. Uh, we had a lot of bad in the Kentucky Derby with everything that happened. But uh, the Preakness was was a, was a really great race, a really good performance. And honestly, this was a Belmont for the ages. Uh, you know, I mean, this, when you look at the history of this race, this was about as good as anything we've seen. I think it was the fastest buyer since 2003. Um, and even, even the winner had the fastest uh, buyer other than, uh, you know, obviously, or even the second place finisher uh, with 108 was the fastest buyer. Uh, I believe Empire Maker was the last time a buyer uh, was higher than those two. So somehow this this crop produced an all-time Belmont Stakes. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Look at you. You got your Saratoga Strong shirt on. I got my Belmont Strong shirt on. Yeah, we well, can tell we're uh, <laughs> a bunch of tourists <laughs> going to the track. Uh, but no, I wanna, there's a lot I want to talk about uh, from that race, like how historically how good this race was. Um, I'm going to pull a lot of info that uh, – I, th- I thought John, if you haven't read it, John's article of it from uh, his Express Bet column this week was awesome, and it really do- do- you know dove into kind of the details exactly how great this race was, and so I want to go into that when we 
uh, when we kind of look into this race in a little more details, uh, a little more detailed later on. Before we get anything else, though, Big Show, what's the best thing you saw today? Well, listen, as we sit here, OU, are, they're three outs away from winning the national championship in softball. They're, they're on a commercial break right now. They're getting ready to go into the last inning. I uh, got a five to one lead. So uh, hopefully the best thing I saw is going to happen in, in a matter of minutes because I think Oklahoma is getting ready to win uh, national title number five in softball. It's It's been a, an awesome tournament. Uh, they lost the very first game of the tournament. Had to come back through the winner's bracket, win like six games, get to the championship, lose the first game of that, and now got a chance to win games two and three and win it. So three outs away. Yeah, they got smoked uh, game one. I thought, uh-oh, the, the magic might be over. Uh, but, man, they came back yesterday. Was it yesterday? I didn't even know they were playing right now. Why are they playing at 4 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, the games got pushed back a day. They were supposed to be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but because of rain, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, ESPN has college ba- or uh, uh, NBA uh, playoff basketball on tonight, so they couldn't fit it into the time slot. Oh, so okay. they had to play it right now. There you go. Well, there you go, Boomer. <laughs> yeah, Boomer. Nope, nothing? Okay. Uh, all right. So, um, hey, I think, you know, Arkansas obviously is still playing, but I'm not – you know, I don't get too much into the baseball. Um, I had a few different ideas. I think it's, you know, in terms of the best thing I saw, I, I could go a lot of different ways, but I think it's the fact that you could see my name. I won the fantasy league. I mean, yep. come on. Hot Rod Charlie got it done for me. I won the fantasy league somehow. I don't know how. I didn't think I ever had a shot to win this thing, and it just kept on, and it seems like no just fell into my lap basically but the best thing about what me winning isn't the fact that i won because i mean really who cares it's about who got last (laughs) and that's saratoga slim and i'm gonna ruin this guy so uh you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be bad but uh yeah so saratoga slim finishes last i won the fantasy league and of course i get to pick out what he gets to wear at the breeders cup saturday this year at Del Mar. So that, it, I mean, if you show up for one reason at the Breeders' Cup, it's got to be for that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the worst thing that could have happened to Saratoga Slim was what happened there. So uh, good luck to him. And yeah, congratulations. This was a hell of a, a fantasy league. Kind of had it all. The drama of the Derby. We had to disqualify a horse. Um, you know, it was crazy. But uh, craziest thing is Hot Rod Charlie won one race during the whole year and carried you to a fantasy league victory. So pretty amazing. And your second best horse, highly motivated, didn't win any races. So pretty yep. amazing when you look at it that way. Yeah, I won uh, one prep. Like you said, it was Louisiana, Louisiana Derby. I won zero triple crown races and uh, that's it. I had uh, two horses. Well, I guess, I guess I did get points from the that Pletcher horse, Donegal Bay. But I got I had one horse, one horse that got me zero points. I mean, that was nothing. I never claimed a horse the whole year. Um, and meanwhile, <laughs> you know, Dan, their team, they have essential quality who wins two preps, who wins the Belmont Stakes, who finishes as going you know basically points wise going to finish second, no third. I'm sorry in the Kentucky Derby. And I beat him. It's like, how? I don't know. Uh, you have, but that's, you know, when he claimed 14 times a year, that's, I guess that's how. Team management is a big part of it. And that's why we have it. And that's, that's why we set it up the way we set it up. You kind of have to manage your team. And if you get credit or you get credit, if you manage them well. 
somebody didn't manage their team very well. Dan, I'm looking at you. Michael Myers, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It's uh, it's all it, the best. They, at least they did. They didn't do and like they weren't so bad that they somehow won the Belmont and still got last because no one. I mean, no one wanted to see Dan. Like I know Dan might not agree with this, but no one wants to see Dan last anymore. Like we're ready no. to see some fresh blood, and that's slim. It's perfect. It was the perfect. The only really next best thing is the Magic Mike show. So no, that's right. really the that's really what's next up. And the best thing is like uh, John Ryan. I mean, they'll be they'll be semi nice, but you and I get to also because you you have a we have a past two, we have three years in the in the works here, and you you won last year, so you have one coming, and then I get to go. So it, it's it's funny to me that both the dudes uh, are coming to the Breeders' Cup as champions. And both are getting to pick out. So I mean, really, you got to show it's gonna be like a parade walking around Saturday at the Breeders' Cup with these guys. Walk. Uh, I've and I've got people. Just so you know, Slim, I've got people message like, "Hey, you should do this. You should do that. Here's what you should do." And so, listen, the ideas are flowing in, and 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 trust me, anything you give me is not going to come. I I, I know what you're doing. You're trying to get me to give me ideas so you get to pick out the. It's not gonna happen. So no. He's wasting his time. He doesn't realize it, but he's wasting his time on that big thing. <laughs> it's like, it could be the best idea ever. And then if you came out, you was like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, no, yeah. no, that's over. I can't do it. I've got, I've got to just push you borderline to ruining you. But not enough. You know, I do love you. So, um, But all right. That, yeah, that's the best thing I saw easily. All right, let's get to today's show because I see some of the questions coming in. I know we want to talk about the Belmont. Uh, we're going to recap Saturday's 153rd running of the 1.5 million Belmont Stakes. And we're going to take a look at how our betting and wagering strategies did uh, in the Belmont Stakes Wagering Guide. Then we're going to go look ahead. So obviously we've, we've basically crossed off uh, the first half of the year. We're going to look ahead at what's coming up in the summer racing schedule. Of course, Del Mar and Saratoga. And where are some of these horses that are going to come, you know, come meet again? You know, we, we kind of are setting up these rivalries with a bunch of these different horses in all these different divisions. So where are these horses going to come next? So we're going to look at that at Del Mar and Saratoga and across the country. Let's go! Saturday, Essential Quality wins the Belmont Stakes, of course, highlighting a huge card at Belmont Park. And we're going to highlight all of them here. We went through, of course, if you bought the wagering guide, the Belmont Stakes wagering guide at racingdudes.com. Thank you. And, and hopefully you played along and, and made some money with us. And if you didn't, go to racingdudes.com and go to the products page. And you can you can download that guide right now uh, for free and see what you know see what we did there. But we have it pulled up on the screen if you're watching us live. And if you are uh, replaying this, make sure to go check it out so you can kind of follow along. What we do is we do a, a live bank roll and we just go through each one of these races and we... we we bet it. I mean, we're at we were at the track. We're betting every one of these ourselves, and you're hopefully betting with us. And thought it's a good way to kind of go through each race, what we ha you know the actual race and what happened, but also just to see where we, we may could have done better and where we just went totally wrong. So let's kick things off with race three on Saturday, the Woody Stevens Stakes. Of course, this was we knew that it was just, this would be difficult to make a lot of money, but we decided to, to play a, a, a ten dollar. Uh, exact the box with Jackie's Warrior and Dream Shake, and uh, you know Jackie's Warrior, he tried, he ran well, well enough. He did not win. Dream Shake still running, I think, and we completely, uh, completely missed this one badly. Yeah, this was just a bad handicapping job. We 
We uh, try, you know, Jackie's Warrior did the job. Dream Shake was awful, and drain the clock. We just kind of overlooked him a little bit here, and so as you could see, you know, we had a four hundred dollar bankroll, and we only invested twenty here, so we were not excited about this race uh, from that standpoint. But we thought, hey, you know, you pick up a little bit here early. This seems like a pretty logical exact. Uh, I, I kind of thought, honestly, going into the race, I kind of thought it was a lock that we would hit it and. and you know, maybe make 30, 40 bucks, kind of just get this thing started, pay for the next couple of bets. Yeah, that didn't happen because Dream Shake was awful and Drain the Clock, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, even if Dream Shake runs well, because Drain the Clock is able to wear down Jackie's Warrior late in this race. This was a huge race for Drain the Clock. I, I, I come away from this going, yeah, that was that was pretty darn good. So um, give, give Drain the Clock a lot of credit and give us no credit for this one. Yeah, I mean... I, to me, it felt like it was going to be another uh, just, you know, what we saw uh, at Churchill, you know, where these two are just going to go. And, and really, it seemed like with Jackie kind of, you know, missed the break and got rushed up. And then just, but you know, bottom line, I, to me personally, Jack, if he's good enough, like, he should win that race if he's if he's the goods. He just drained the clock, man. Yeah, he ran huge. And, and really, it's one of those that I, I would never have got. I... I just like those. I guess I, if I like Dream Shake or if I like Drain the Clock, we could have thrown that exact in there. But again, I, I don't. I mean, I know you didn't like Drain the Clock much either. I think we both had them in our top four, but it wasn't like we were super excited. It seemed like these two were pretty top heavy um, to kind of repeat again. And that's why we played that ticket. Just thought, well, you know, let's get a little bit of bankroll going. Won't, we know it's not going to pay a ton, but at least gives us moving uh, in the right direction. Of course, so we start off. Ofer, but you're like, all right, you know, things are fine. That that wasn't a big investment. So we go to the next race uh, in the Brooklyn. And again, another, I mean, dude, we saw a hell of a performance, right? I mean, we we missed it. We swung and missed again. We played Aja Weed and Tiz and Magician. Uh, and again, once again, my pick, uh, Aja Weed, was still, I think he's still running. I mean, he, he may have passed Dream Shake at the end there uh, from the previous race. But no, Tiz and Magician... He gets beat here again. Lone Rock, man, dude, this horse ran his ass off. Yeah, this was another one where, you know, we had the second place horse and uh, we, we put the wrong horse with the second place horse. Uh, you know, Lone Rock, definitely one I was pretty high on coming in, but I just thought Tis a Magician would get the tactical advantage and it'd be tough for Lone Rock to beat. Uh, you look back at Oakland when Carlos L., a horse that's not near as good as Tis a Magician, got the lead lone rock could not run him down so i kind of thought thought we'd see a similar thing then tis a magician hops in the air like a rabbit at the start and then <laughs> that that's over and then all of a sudden he has no advantage in the race and then of course aja weed it was no good anyway so another one but again only a 20 dollar uh wager and we weren't real upset uh after this one either so uh yeah two races down 40 dollars, but both of them we were just like well we took small shots there, hoping to just kind of, you know, get $40, $60 back on the wagers uh, and, and kind of just fund some other wagers down the way. It, it didn't work out, but it, it really wasn't that upsetting. So this race here was when, for me, well, I guess race six, you could say it too, but race, it was like, yeah. damn, like, it just felt like we were really getting close. Did they win? Yeah, national champs. record-breaking run for Oklahoma, Fifth national championship. There, oh man, 
You gotta get an OU shirt. Uh, softball OU champion, you know, national champion shirt for the next show. Oh, I'm ordering it right now while you're talking. I'm gonna get on here and order mine. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, all right, congratulations to uh, the OU softball girls uh, for winning. All right, uh, let's see. Yeah, the acorn. This is for for me is when things started to really feel like, uh oh, things are sort of feeling like they're going the wrong direction for us. You know, we. We played a trifecta will, day of the office, search results, day of the office, search results, and then we had obligatory uh, in the third spot, you know, keyed. And basically our thoughts on this race were, okay, day of the office and search results, those two are going to be, that was my top pick, yours was search results. We both knew, we both thought those horses were legit shots to win, so day at the office is going to go, search results is obviously very good, so those two are going to go one, two, and then the the the, uh, the two horse likes to run up late, and can get a piece, and that to to us made a lot of sense. Well, everything was perfect. Day of the office went. It was you know she did her thing. It was you know search results then started to do her thing. They're like, all right, she's gonna win. Day of the office folds like a freaking chair, and a, a, obligatory ran. It's like for a second you're like God. You it, it seemed like for me. In the turn, you're like, man, obligatory, just get up, just get up, you know, because you thought, okay, we've got the first two locked down. These horses are going to run away with it. And then the two horse gets up for second, and day of the office folds, and it's just like, it seemed like we had it all right there. And just uh, and, and, the, and the other key thing was we were very adamant, I was, especially to, to not even use Travel Calm. I didn't like her here. We were dead on with that and, and still got nothing out of it. That's what pisses you off the most. We knew travel column was trash coming into the race. We structured the ticket to make sure if she was trash, we were going to get a little bit of money here. And uh, yeah, and then we got the winner, no problem. And it, it was just one of those things. I thought day out of the office was in a real good spot to hold for second, too. That's what made me so mad. Uh, and, and as it turns out, day out of the office gets four. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it didn't matter anyway. Um, the only thing... Looking back, and it's easy, it's very easy to say this looking back when you know the results. We could have flipped it and we could have had search results as one of our, our bigger bets as far as a winner and then went you know elsewhere with a try and a different race and replaced it, uh, maybe like the sixth race, but we wouldn't have hit it either way. Uh, that's the only thing we could have done different. But again, I thought this bet was good. I thought this handicapping was good. This is where the first time out of the three races so far, I'm like, like you said, uh-oh, we may not get any luck mm -hmm. today because we were there. And it just didn't happen. But again, it was another $20 investment. So you're down 60 bucks. You still have 340 left that you're going to bet. There, The panic button really hadn't been hit up to this point, right? Speaking of that, let's move to the sixth race. <laughs> The first yeah. of many. We went. We had a stretch here where we had a lot of win bets. Um, it, you know, kind of we, we 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 told everybody going into this, like, listen, we're basically, you know, we have strong opinions of these horses and these races, and we're going to, you know, key on that, and we're gonna, and we're basically gonna win or lose uh, with how these horses run, and and we go to get to the Jiper. And we decided, you know, Bound for Nowhere is is the pace of of the race in a paceless turf sprint. Like, not only that, it is the class of the field, and all the horse really needs to do is break. And it's like that horse. There's no way they can catch that horse. The horse breaks, goes to the lead, and 
I'll take it to you from here. Obviously, the horse doesn't win if you're not getting this, uh, if you haven't seen the setup here. But it's like, we you never felt like the horse was super comfortable because the horse never really extended much of a lead. And you're just like, uh-oh. And, I mean, like you said, the horse, like in the last race, the horse, you know, barely got third. It was bad. <laughs> I It was one of those things. Turned for home and kind of, I mean, got a little bit of separation from those horses that we're running with him, but I never felt like we, we had this. Uh, it just felt like he was going to get caught. I've, I've watched this race a lot. I, I and I've, I've, I've kind of analyzed where the other speed, where they ended up. I, I think even though the fractions weren't very fast, I, I think that turf course at this point of the day was pretty tiring. And I think bound for nowhere probably didn't run as bad as we originally thought because the other speed went way out of it and bound for nowhere at least held on for third uh the the only thing that made me feel pretty good i, I never we never would have picked Cassa creed and bet a win on him maybe we would have had him in an exactor try somewhere but we never would have had chewing gum in an exactor try so there's nothing we could have done to hit this but the panic button yeah that's me pressing it. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I was like, when I when chewing gum uh, got up there, I I had I had used chewing gum. I think I had chew. Let me look that. I had chewing gum. No, I had chewing gum second. Yeah. I had down for nowhere and chewing gum. But I don't think I would have ever convinced you to use chewing gum um, in well, that spot. And, and, even and, if and, and to be fair, I had Sambier and Gregorian Chant in my third and fourth spots, and those are like those are two of the horses that you said got pressed in that pace and folded even even if you say hey we're doing we're using chewing gum wouldn't have had cost them with cost creed that's the problem no. you know? <laughs> so not ever not yeah. no and that's the yeah. thing you know you, you would we would have we would have pissed because we could you know chewing gums 28 to 1 you get bound for nowhere to get at least hang on for third but you can't even get sommelier or fast boat or any of those horses that we would have probably used in that spot so that was like you're saying that's when you're officially like, uh-oh, because now we know. I mean, that was a $50 win bet, so now we're down 110 We have no bet going into Yagen Phipps due to the scratches. Um, so we're basically saying, okay, we have essentially four straight win bets because you, you, we have essential quality keyed in, in the top spot. So we, we have four straight win bets coming up in the, in the last four races where we're like, I hope I hope our luck changes because oh we need it or else this is gonna get ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it didn't change as quickly as we would have hoped. That's just a spoiler alert for what's coming up. Uh, <laughs> no, few. no. And we can at least we can at least talk about Doctor Phipps, even though we didn't, didn't make a bet due to the fact that you know Swiss Sky ever scratched and then a Valence scratched the day before that or you know day prior to that, and so we're like you know we just. We we the, we everything was keyed around either Valence or Swiss Skydiver, and it really became all the odds. I mean, hell, Bonnie South was like less than three to one. So you're like, there's no way that we can ever yeah. make money in this race unless you're playing like Latruska or Cedars Devil or whatever. I didn't like Cedars Devil, so we couldn't get come up with a win bet. So we're like, you know what? Let's just pass it. But it wouldn't have mattered because I don't think either one of us would have picked Latruska to win here. Latruska dominates this. I mean, just ran. I mean, she ran huge, and we'll talk about her later as, we, as we'll talk about her future in a second, where she's coming, but she's obviously the one to beat in this division right now. 
Uh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it was a very good decision just just to stay away from it. Um, you know, because like I said, we, we probably would have played some combination of an exacta, And it's just like, yeah, it's not even worth it. So, but yeah, Latruska, fantastic, right? I mean, she left no doubt. There's there's no question this is the best horse, uh, you know, in training for, for the older females right now. And I say in training because Monomoy Girl is not in training. So, uh, and oh, by the way, Latruska beat her as well. So she's going to be tough to pass. Um, Latruska just took it to him, uh, got out of the gate, got to the lead, said, come get me. And they couldn't come. <laughs> they weren't even going to touch her. So this was nice. But it was a good no bet, but it was good to watch it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was all right ahead of us, right? We we still had $290 out there to bet. And uh, it, 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 it race eight, that's where that's where it, it got going. So uh, not not for us winning, but for us really starting to to hit the hit the win bets and, and, and try to get these home. Where do you stand now with with uh, I know you like she does the devil. Where do you stand with her? Is this a race that was so, you know, five horses, you know, Latrusca gate to wire, like where you just don't take a lot out of it? Or do you say she does the devil just really isn't that great and Latrusca is very top heavy at this point? You know, she, she sucked in this race. Uh, she dares the devil. There's no doubt about it. I was really confused why she was so far off the pace. And I'm wondering if it, it was this, the horse was dull or if that was the plan or what. Because this horse had been on the lead in all of her races, uh, recent races, I should say, coming into this. So I don't really know what the plan is. I don't think it would have mattered. Um, I, I don't know if she just showed up with a dull effort or what. But, I mean, she's still, like, in the top four or five because – who else are you really going to put in front of her? Especially since so Skydiver, you know, didn't run well at all last time out, had to scratch out of this race. Uh, Valence is a horse I think we were both pretty excited to watch, had to scratch out of this race. So she dares the devil by default is still up there. But I think Latruska said, no, you're not close to me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to the next one here. The uh, It's the uh, Just a Game. This was for Phillies and Mares. And here's here was the first win, you know, win bet, or at least of the four that we needed to get home here. We put a win bet on pocket number six, pocket square, fifty dollars to win. Um, you know, she she went off it. She was a favorite of the race. I think she was around two or three to one, five to two ish. And you know, she got bet down more than we would have liked, but we still both really liked her. And I mean, she just she ran, she made up a little ground, but she didn't do much of anything. Never was into the race, really. And and I think for me, looking back, I'm frustrated because Althika and Summer Romance hit this exacta, the Appleby uh, exacta here. The Internationals on, you know what I mean? He brings two horses over. They run one, two. And I think, like you said earlier, it's easy to do this. But that $1 exacta paid $41. And it's just like, you know, I, sh we sh I think I was so focused on pocket square because i love that performance out of her in her race prior that i was just forget anything else in the race i wanted to pick her and i i'm a little frustrated that we didn't because i you know you look back and like how could you not use these two horses you got mike smith on one we size on the other it seems fairly logical at seven you know seven to one yep <laughs> i agree 100 i i got enamored with pocket square and you know, she just didn't fire. She did not fire in this race. You know, closers did well on the turf all day. Uh, the winner was a closer in this race, even with the kind of a lone speed out there. 
uh, with summer romance. Uh, Althika was able to still close and, and get the job done. Pocket Square simply just did not fire with what I believe was her best effort and, and, and got beat. And that's all there is to it. It was a uh, poor effort, poor uh, handicapping, I guess you could say as well. And uh, if we didn't hit the panic button after that, after the sixth race, it, it was a hundred percent on after this one. It was like, uh Oh, we got to be, we got to be really good. These last three races. So <laughs> this was super disappointing. Another thing was around in the corner, after squares in the clear getting ready to make the run and you kind of thought yeah i, I know what's going to happen here and just didn't move so well really, you're really, thinking you're starting to think you know in your mind you're like okay pocket square wins here we're good nicks go wins we got it we love you know our top bet uh domestic spinning perfect and then, so you're just like we just need you know get her home and then we'll we'll you know, be feeling a lot, a lot better after that even depending on what happens in the next three races and then she fires that and you're like uh-oh this this is this is getting really bad. And by the way, Mike Smith, I know he's getting older, and I know he's you know maybe not what he used to be. That was a hell of a ride on yep. this horse, on especially on a turf that maybe he's not necessarily known for for being top notch on. He was that was a really well timed ride on a horse yep. that obviously he you know was not used to. So uh, I thought that was a great ride, and obviously frustrated that we didn't have you know I would ne- the other thing is like I never we ne- I. If, I could see us hitting that exacta. I could, I, I could see, but try. I never would have used Daddy as a legend in the third spot. Just mm-hmm. wouldn't have. So that was just a really tough race, and obviously Pocket Square, like you said, didn't fire. All right, let's go to the Met Mile. This is the first of our two really the biggest win bets, hundred dollar win bets. Nick's go. <laughs> oh boy, talk about the panic button. That we, I mean, if it wasn't being like really hit hard, I mean, I, we were flat. Just it was over after this. Um, Nick go. So that we have Nick's go here as a hundred dollar win bet. The horse goes off at I believe it was he was off, I think he finished at four to five. Um and he, you know, it still felt like he was there's no way he could lose this race. He gets to the lead, and this was especially one where you looked at me, I vividly remember you looking at me, and you're like, We're in trouble. Like he's not gonna win. Because he just never had that that Nick's go speed where he just goes out and just separates and the race is over. He never looked comfortable. They never put him away. They were all really close to him still the whole way. Mischievous Alex was right there and he just felt like, and he gave it up. I mean, he gave it up so hard in the stretch and this horse had no chance. Yeah, he's definitely the one I'd like to punch in the face after this. Uh... <laughs> They're coming to the top of the stretch. Nick's go joined by Mischievous Alex. The two of them come wide as they turn for home. Silver State cuts the corner. By my standards, is there on the outside? Nick's go has lost the lead. Mischievous Alex. Silver State coming up the rail. By my standards on the far outside. But it's Silver State in front, close to home. Mischievous Alex, by my standards, they're coming down to the line, and it is Silver State. He doesn't know how to lose. Six in a row. Some of these other ones, it's like, you know, you bet a turf sprinter, you know, you bet a horse that it only had one race in the United States. It's like, yeah, that's kind of on us. This horse was a joke. He didn't show up whatsoever. Um, you're right. Uh, we're standing by uh, Ricky. He's like, oh, he's in good shape up the backside. is like, this horse has no freaking chance to win this race. I knew it after the first quarter, not because of the time, just the way he was traveling. It's like, he is awful. He's not going to run. He looks terrible. He goes like 20. He tries to run right at Ricky and you and I, in the, you know, on the, on the turn. 
he blows the damn yeah. turn. He costs mischievous Alex any chance of winning. And probably by my standards, had to float those horses way wide. Silver State just sneaks up the rail for an easy win uh, or easy trip. I, you know, still not easy to win that race. But uh, he was awful. Nick's go was just pathetic. Um, the panic button, I skipped right from the panic button to the jump off a cliff button after he ran the way he did. Um, and it wasn't really a situation where, uh, you know, if he would have gotten second and he ran really well and it's like, you know, you know, he ran okay. He just got beat, but he just runs like garbage. I mean, and it's just like, yeah, I, this day's, this day sucks. Like I want to go home after this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I think, yeah, I think the words were, I'm just going to start picking numbers. That's yep. what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start. You, I mean, Halterman was, of course, I was bummed too, but Halterman was very upset at this point. Well, the problem, the, what, the, the thing that made me, I was not triggered until this race. But what makes me so mad is you see the figures come back for this race, and they're way slower than what Nick Sko can run on his best day. And even on his second best day, they're slower than what he can run. Yes. And he was just freaking awful in this race and you kind of hate that you love to kind of hate on this mofo anyway because he's just kind of a prick you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly right shows up and runs like this and it's just like how effing dumb and am i and by the way silver state the horse i cashed on five straight times loved him hyped him up every time at oaklawn he was a great price a couple of those times at oaklawn Wins a damn race. I mean, this was when I I was just like, I don't even want to watch domestic spending. Who's my favorite horse in training? I don't even want to watch him. Well, because he's going to well, get beat, I, you know. Right. Like how how are we gonna how are we gonna get this horse beat now? You know, like what yeah. are, what are we doing to get these horses beat? No, and you're right. Like that's the thing about Nick's go is like, like if he runs his ass off and and by my standards or mischievous Alex whatever, like just runs huge and like. You know, he can't like it's a great stretch duel or whatever. Yeah, you're pissed, but you're like, damn, he ran at he ran huge. But you look back at the figures and you're like, dude, you had a lone lead. <laughs> That's you're running a mile. Like you, you can't you can't even get you can't even get third in this race. There's five horses or six horses in the race. And you're in the bottom half. Like it, it just yeah, and, and already losing the throughout the day just like like i think halterman said if that if we would have been close enough halterman would have punched him in the face i think well i tell you the moment right out of the gate he like threw his head up like a jackass and then went to the lead but he's like throwing his head up and i thought right then i'm i would love to kick him in the belly right now like i know what he's (laughs) gonna do he's not ready to run and it turned out that way unfortunately we'll we'll see Uh, it's weird I, i don't all kidding aside, I have no idea what happened here. I'm not I, kidding. I, I want to punch him in the face. I don't know. I don't know what's next because some of the stuff we heard or I heard prior to the race was like obviously the horse is doing well. Yeah, and he's going to. He should win. Um, Newsflash. But but, but uh, Brad thinks he's a better like he he's a better two turn horse. Like he's a better you know distance and and so. What the hell do they do from here? Will we see Nick's? Because you you mentioned this. I think when we were making this, we were making, I don't know if it was on air or if it was just between you and me. It kind of feels, Nick's goes been that horse for, I guess, like a year now-ish that you're like, you're kind of just waiting for him to go away. Yeah. Because it just kind of feels like, because he, he was away. And then he went to Brad Cox and then he came back and not even back, he came to another level. And now you're like, you're kind of like waiting for the rug to be pulled out and maybe this was it. 
the only only thing that I can say is we did make some money on him at the Breeders' Cup, and we did make some money on him at the Pegasus. So, you know, uh, he got us back here, but it's not like we've always missed him. <laughs> but yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's like, yeah, you guys, this is what you get for ever thinking I was a good horse. Yeah. I, 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 all right. If I never see him again, that's okay with me. Let's go with the. <laughs> I hope he shows up on the the yeah, whatever track we go to. We hope he's at Saratoga uh, when we're uh, when we're there next. All right, let's uh, let's go to the the race of the day. Well, the race of the day for us in terms of it got us got us some momentum going. We get to the Manhattan. We're like, all right. I mean, we're down at this point. We're down. What are we down, Halterman? Like one, no, two something, right? Two sixty. Two sixty. Going into this, and obviously it's a, it's a turf race. We love domestic spinning. If you listen to the the, the podcast prior, the, the preview, you, me, and Paul all said this was our lock it up, lock that shit up, pick of the day. We love this horse, but yet you're still. Everyone knows how it feels when your confidence starts sliding, and even though our picks are in, we're not changing it. You still feel like, how can we blow this one? How what are we gonna? How's this horse gonna screw up here? What's gonna happen? It's a turf race. Anything can happen. And then, of course, you get to the Belmont, and you're thinking, well, shit, we got to get such, I mean, such quality, that horse. Like, what's he going to do, hang for third or second again, you know? So you're feeling like, we might lose the 400 straight. Like, it might be, a, a, we might get blanketed here. This is going to be awful. <laughs> so now we get, <laughs> we get to this, but the one hope, okay, is one, if you, depending on what you think, I thought d- domestic spending, you know, his odds were fair. So you're like, we just get him home. We have a $100 win bet on him. He's the best horse riding today. Like, if he does it, we at least have a shot here. And boy, did he do it. Domestic spending showed why we all have the confidence in him. He is the number, in our in our minds, he's the number one horse in training in America. He's one of the number one, number, number I'd say, top four or five horses in, in the world right now. He's just on another level, and he's not even at his peak yet i don't think so domestic spending rolls here for chad brown yet again this horse is a beast i i tell you i i uh this was i thought out of all the races anywhere on the whole day saturday this was the most likely winner anywhere <laughs> any track didn't care he was the power play that day on the website um i i was convinced he would lose the race though after all that had happened i thought well flavian will fall off or <laughs> He's going to give him like the worst ride ever and get him in all kinds of traffic. Like, something will happen. I, I'm convinced of it. I was almost in tears when he turned the corner and he was in the clear and I saw him start to lengthen and I thought, okay, there's no way he's going to lose unless he falls down. And, you know, so uh, <laughs> I was just like, that whole stretch was just like, thank God, I <laughs> that we were right on this horse. It's a large lead here of four length advantage now. Chad Cat is running in second. Colonel Egham is third. City Man is fourth. Here comes domestic spending now. He's coming five wide. He's picking up stride on the far outside with Tribuvin to catch. One furlong left. Tribuvin in front. Domestic spending. Charging up into second on the outside. And here he comes. Right alongside of Tribuvin as they come to the final 16th. Here is domestic spending at Flavian Pratt to win the match. The way I looked at it, if he wins, you know, the worst we're going to do is down like 100 bucks, 150 bucks for the day. And that's a hell of a lot better than 400, <laughs> you know. And another, if he loses, we have no chance to make money. None. So uh, for him to win, 
this was my favorite performance of the year so far, just because it was that awesome. Like this was just a dominant performance over the best turf horses in this country. Number one, number two, it, it, it played out like we thought. And number three, it's the biggest cash of the year for us on a big day. Uh, and, and the second biggest may have been the Kentucky Derby when he came up and dead heated with uh, Colonel Liam for that huge exacta. But uh, anyway, this, this was massive. I mean, he dug us out of the hole. And it's amazing. Magic and I were talking on Bleaker or on uh, on the Magic Mike show before this race. He was the same as us. He was like, "Well, he'll lose somehow, and and that's going to be it. And and it's just a shitty day. And I want to dig a hole." <laughs> as soon as he hit the line, Magic and I agreed. Our thought was, "Okay, we're hitting the Exacta in the Belmont. In the Belmont, we will hit it now. There's no question. It's just a matter of what it pays. Let's look up the will pays and see how much money we're going to make today." That's how one horse can change your attitude. Yeah, and and by the way, no, there was zero different, no, no handicapping changes without within the whole day. You know, nothing changed. We had yeah. our, we had our bets in. Nothing changed. So it's all a matter of in your mind uh, of how you're you know viewing that day. And yeah, you're right. Honestly, that stretch run because once he like you, when he hit when he because obviously he was he was covered up in in the the race prior with Colonel Liam. You know, and it's like he, he didn't get running until the very end. It was an unbelievable finish, of course. When he got, when he, like you said, he got out and you could tell he had nothing but green grass in front of him. You're like, okay, this is over. He's got this. And, of course, he just strides on. And this horse, you, he, he switches leads back and forth. He's still, I mean, and, 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 uh, and uh, listening to the quotes afterwards from Chad Brown, I mean, this horse was close to not ever even running. Like, he's gelded. He obviously spent time away. Like they didn't know if this horse would ever run because he was such a pain in the ass to train. So this horse obviously has some quirks with him, and now they're finally getting him right. He's compared him to bricks and mortar in some ways, which obviously was a very, very good turf horse for Chad Brown. Seems like this is like the horse, and we talk we're gonna talk about some Saratoga action. This horse you know is gonna be in those Saratoga races. Uh, this summer, and of course, leading up to the Breeders' Cup, and shit, unless they bring over a monster from uh, overseas, it seems like he's going to be um, really, really tough to beat. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Joshua Eubank asks, how old is he? Four? He mm -hmm. is four, yes. He was, yeah, he's, he's a 17. Um, he's a really, Claire Vetch, obviously, uh, oh, and so obviously, you know, you know this horse is going to show up in all the big turf races this summer at Saratoga with Chad Brown. So, yeah, this horse... It'd be interesting to see if Flavian... I mean, are they going to... Is he going to stay on board, you think, for the summer meet? Definitely. I don't think they do anything to, different right? with him. I think, I think he's on for the for the long haul. Yeah. Because both, both, in both his last races, Chad has commented about how much he likes the way Flavian has been on this horse like he just you know and obviously being a quirky horse you know you want to kind of stick with that so yep. i would assume so all right let's get to the main event so we we cash this we go into this race what are we down going into this race we're down 110 dollars going into the race 110 dollars we're down we are wagering a total of 40 so we know we're losing 150 at worst at best like you're saying we start looking at the wheel pace <laughs> so right now we go into this race we have a central quality keyed in an exacta will with uh, Hot Rod Charlie and Known Agenda keyed in the second spot. So basically, Essential has to win, and Hot Rod or Known Agenda need to finish in second. 
We have a $20 exacta, so we know it's going to pay because obviously it's a high base. And the will pays, or whenever I looked, I, it was about 15 minutes to post, I believe. And it was, a, I think Hot Rod was, was around 11 or $12. For a buck, and known agenda was fifteen or sixteen in that in that area, and so you do the math. Obviously, it's like, all right, well, we're gonna make money. We're gonna make money if this hits, so we're gonna cash. That's great. How do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about the race? Or do you want to talk about the bet? Let's talk about the race first, because I I, I think this is just a, one of the classic races as far as the Triple Crown race that I've been to live. This is one of the best ones I've seen. Right? I mean, this was really really good. It's it's truly one of the best, you know, especially when you, when you factor in non triple crown like races, like whenever obviously when you're there for a triple crown, it's it's amazing. Um, but when you're talking about non, especially at Belmont, it's easily the best one I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and and definitely one of the best triple crown races I've seen in person. It's got to be the best triple crown race I've seen in person, other than Pharaoh winning, because um, he wouldn't justify one. It wasn't like he I me mean, won, but it wasn't super impressive. He just Went out and did his thing, but yeah. Pharaoh obviously was different. Um, dude, uh, I, what? Where do you stand on? Was was hot? Is it the? Is did Hot Rod Charlie run the best race of the of the of the two, or was it Essential Quality? I get that obviously Essential won, but you see the fractions Hot Rod put down and where he finished. Do you think he actually ran the best race? I, I don't ever like to say that. I, I'll still say Essential Quality ran the best race. The object is to win. He got to the line first. So I will say he definitely did. But it was a gigantic losing effort for Hot Rod Charlie. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he he was fantastic. Uh, he ran a race good enough to win a lot of Belmonts, a lot of Belmonts. And unfortunately, Essential Quality freaked in this race and was able to catch him um yeah but no i'll still say essential quality ran the best he won um he also you know sat a very good trip he ranged up at the right time and he was just able to out finish hot rod uh but yeah hot rod deserves a lot of credit here uh, this was a, a a big time effort from a horse that basically both these horses i definitely did not think they were capable of running this well I'll, I'll try to set it up a little bit. Uh, obviously, Hot Rod, he, he, I loved, I loved, I cannot express enough how much I loved this ride by Flavian Pratt. To just, he goes out, because, you know, the question is, obviously, like, well, who's going to be in the lead? Rock and Roll, of course, needs to get to the lead. And Flavian's like, screw you guys, I'm going. Like, I'm going, and you guys can come catch me if you want. This is what my horse likes to do. Good luck. So he goes, by the way, Sets of like I think I believe it was the fastest opening fraction in Belmont Stakes history. I think is what I read, and that's including Secretariat or any of those horses that you know. In fact, the second fastest one, the horse like I think is still running. That's how the how like the first fraction hit this horse. He runs that fast, which explains a little bit more like why Rocker World just completely said, "Okay, I've had enough of this shit." He you know he tries to track Hot Rod Charlie. Of course, you have uh, the France, you know, the Japanese horse, France Godia Dean or whatever. He tries. He's trash. Uh, Ron, <laughs> Ron Bauer, he's kind of in that area. Uh, and Essential Quality kind of sits out, does his thing very wide. He's wide the whole way around. But I think the fact Louis Saez is like, hey, listen, I mean, this is where we're going to run the whole way, basically. This is where we're going to go. We're not going to make anything, you know, crazy here. We're just going to run outside. Um, and basically, you get in 
in the turn and rock your world's like, I've had enough. As soon as essential quality kind of looms up on his outside, he folds. He's done. There's no shot. And really, the whole stretch, you know, we have a stretch duel. This is it. And and it's between essential quality and hot rod Charlie. And of course, being there, you don't really know how fast. I mean, you know the t fractions, but it's hard to kind of see, understand how just how fast hot rod Charlie is running until you really analyze this. So you don't really necessarily know for sure. And the thing you love about Hot Rod is, is Essential Quality gets up on him. He gets in front of him, and Hot Rod's like, even after running those fractions, says, all right, it's, I'm, let's go. And he battles back. He battles back. He puts it, I think he puts a nose in front of him for maybe a half a second. He tries, and Essential Quality was just too good, like you said. He just freaked. On the far turn, Hot Rod Charlie with a half mile to go. Rock your world's alongside. Essential Quality comes up to them three wide. The three of them across the track. Known Agenda has picked up his drive. He's on the move now with three lengths to make up. And Rumbauer is to his inside. They're coming to the top of the stretch. And Essential Quality makes his move on the outside of Hot Rod Charlie. Rock your world has dropped back. Then Rumbauer to the outside. And Known Agenda. And they're into the stretch. And it's Essential Quality. And a stubborn Hot Rod Charlie. And the two of them putting on a match race. What a furlong to run. Essential Quality on the outside. Hot Rod Charlie won't go away. Essential Quality. Too good. Essential Quality has won the Belmont Stakes. But these two horses, man, they, you know, they, uh, Hot Rod Charlie's almost 12 links ahead of Ron Bauer. Behind, you know, it's just like these two horses were... These two are easily the one-two in the division. It's not close. Yep, I totally agree. They they've they pulled away from everybody else, uh, not only in this race but in the division as well. Um, the one thing I'll say, I, I think people people kind of get enamored with the times, and they are huge. But the one thing that that uh, uh, Flavian Pratt did that was really sneaky and really good, he gave this horse a break in those second and third quarters. That horse. Flew out there, got position, and then he slowed it down, and that was the key, and that was the big thing to keep this horse fighting down the stretch. Uh, I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize how he kind of gave that horse a breather, and you know, I, I think with Rock Your World, he's just a trash horse, and I think Hot Rod kind of felt that, and then when that horse quit, it may have given him that confidence of, hey, I just put that one away, you know, um, that yeah, it was a huge effort. I never. Even though it took, what, half the stretch before Essential, or, or maybe in three quarters of the stretch before Essential really got going and got by him, I never really yeah. thought he was going to hold him off. Um, it always, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't. It always felt like Essential had he measured the whole time. As far as our bet, if you want to transition to that, what a fun exacta to have going into the race because turn it for home, you're like, we have it. Like, they're – you scan because what you do, obviously, you, you got your two horses and they're right there and you scan back and you go, well, not only is nobody coming, they're leaving these other ones in the dust. Like the, the, we have no threat. All it is is can the two get by the four? And we were so confident that the, he had he measured that it was just a celebration all the way down the stretch. That's what's funny is that even though I needed it was, it was the whole stretch, I was like, basically, it was, I knew I needed Hot Rod to finish second. Or first, but uh, you know, and as long as he's second, as long as essential quality's not, or he wins, I, I'll win the league. So it's a whole stretch. Even though he was in the lead at the beginning of the stretch, 
And even though our bet needed him to finish second, I was celebrating the entire stretch because I'm like you. I just knew essentially. You could just tell, and he's going. In such a quality is going to get by him here, and of course he does. Uh, and and like you say you kind of just celebrated the whole way because you knew you're going to hit it. Really, the only bummer was when you find like he's such a quality that and that exactly just got hammered, hammered yeah. at the very end. And that it paid like what was, I think it was like seven bucks or something. I think um, it paid seven fifty. Seven fifty uh, for, for a dollar, mm. and I looked at it. I looked at it right with before they're getting in the gate, and it was paying ten bucks. And also, uh, essential quality was like nine to five getting in the gate, and ends up paying four sixty. So he came off at six to five. So yes, we were right, and it was great. But those bets just got hammered uh, late, and so and so did. Uh, by the way, so did domestic spending. We didn't bring that up. He was nine to five entering the gate, and went off at three to two. So it. We we re we re rallied or I guess rallied. We never had a rally to begin with. We rallied hard, but man, it could have been even better. But beggars can't be choosers after the start we had. Uh, we were just happy to get out of there and, and, and feeling good after these last two wagers. Yeah, we broke even, like dead on, yep. which is funny that we literally broke even. And then considering we were <laughs> we were Halterman was looking for the highest uh, spot at Belmont to jump off. <laughs> <laughs> a, couple, a couple races prior, I'd say that's a win, and then hopefully a lot of people. Maybe if you just bought the guide to play the uh, to play the Belmont Stakes, you you did well. You did really well. You we, hit, you hit that exactly. We heard from a lot of people that they they played like the last three or four were bets, and they didn't play the first. Three. I was like, great, that's <laughs> why, awesome. Why so, did we do it, that? I, I I know, I know, right? Uh, so I, I think I think predominantly a lot of people made money here, and that's. That's great. And it, listen, uh, the Derby, like, okay, so the Triple Crown, like the Derby, we should have hit. The, I mean, that just, that will sting forever that we missed the try. We had it, basically, and then, but missed it. And then the Preakness, Ron Bauer blew us up. So it was good to hit uh, one of the three Triple Crown races like this. Uh, you know, that that felt very good. And just a few things, a few other notes I want to just mention before we, we put a bow on this thing. Not only did he run the fastest uh, opening quarter ever, which, by the way, Ever, even like ever, ever, ever. It's eighteen sixty-seven when the race started, so you can do the math there. Um, he ran the second fastest opening half, only to Secretariat, who ran forty-six and one fifth, and Hot Rod ran forty-six and two fifth. And not just that, he ran a faster. Both him and Essential Quality ran a faster. Uh, they ran home faster. They ran a faster, faster final quarter than Secretariat did. So you really, it, it's it's quite spectacular, really, how well Hot Rod ran. It's historically spectacular, actually, how well Hot Rod. And not just that, you got to give credit. It's a quality one. He ran them down. Those two. This this is this will be one of the better Belmont stakes, really ever. I think in terms of just not just a great finish and, and two horses battling down the stretch, but they backed it up by being legit numbers and legit performances. So these, you do, if you, the next time you see a horse run 46 and two fifth in the uh, Belmont stakes, let's see if that horse is anywhere near the finish. Uh, you know, that's the thing like hot rod, Charlie ran, yeah. ran really and it, it's, it's stereotypical, but he ran too good to lose. He really, really did. Yeah. And by, yeah, the way, and by the way, and by the way, let's let's just say this, and we'll talk about this in a second. But these two horses, total legit shots in the classic at this point. You have to throw these horses in now. 
these are the two horses that definitely are legit um, horses for the uh, for the Breeders' Cup Classic now. Uh, no question. Horse. Have to be. Yep. No. No question. I think Essential Quality should be the favorite for that race right now. Um, and, and the cool thing is, for Hot Rod Charlie fans, you know, a mile and a quarter. If that race was a mile and a quarter there at Belmont, he may have won it. And so that gives you hope. And, and he's got he's got some good races here to prep for if he goes to the Haskell or the Pacific Classic or the Travers. We may see these horses square off again. So we've got a lot to analyze. There's a lot that can happen between now and then. But these two horses really put themselves in that conversation where before these performances, we didn't really know. We thought, yeah, this the three-year-olds, they may be up against it this year. Not so much anymore. All right, that's a uh, that's a wrap on the Belmont Stakes and, of course, the Belmont Stakes Wager Guide. Hopefully everyone cashed in on that. And congratulations to Essential Quality, Brad Cox, winning two Triple Crown races in the same week. <laughs> With the first half of the year wrapped up, of course, the Belmont Stakes uh, helps us put a bow on that. We're looking for the second half, and, of course, we have a ton of huge racing coming up. With Saratoga just about a month away, Del Mar... Uh, of course, the summer racing that goes right into the Bell or to the Breeders' Cup. All these races we had, we had Breeders' Cup winning your end races last weekend at Belmont Park, and of course, that's only going to continue uh, over the next several months. And and really, more than ever, it feels like, or at least more recent, like every division has a nice little rivalry going here with with some good horses that you know you're hoping to see again, and obviously hoping to see uh get them to the breeders cup so we're going to go through a few of these if you're watching us live we had on the screen here of course go to racingnews.com you kind of help follow along if you're listening to this on the podcast version um go to racingnews.com and check out alterman's most recent uh divisional rankings and we're kind of going to go through the each of these and on a division base and kind of go through and see where some of these horses might end up next let's start with the older males and of course you and i both are going to agree on this one domestic spinning is the number one older horse Mystic Guide, Silver State, Maxfield, Colonel Liam with Country Grammar, of course, getting second life with Bob Baffert now out in the West. Let's go through some of these horses. Where do you think some of these horses will end up next? Domestic spending, first of all, we'll start with him. It looks like August 21st uh, at, at, at Arlington Park. I've heard the Arlington Million. I don't believe it's called that now, but that's the race uh, that it is. It's, it's, I think it's been lowered to 600000 uh, But, yeah, Chad Brown really likes to go to Arlington <laughs> Uh, with his horses and i believe august 21st is what they're saying so far with domestic spending going to go that same route as bricks and mortar did that uh, worked out very well for him so i think he's going to try to do that same thing domestic spending august 21st um when you look at mystic guide i think he certainly is like the question mark we don't really know where he's going to show up next there's a rumor the stephen foster on saturday june 26th could be his return race from dubai we also could see him on August 7th uh, in the Whitney. So Mystic Guide, kind of one we're keeping an eye on. Silver State, the third-ranked horse, Whitney on August 7th at Saratoga. Seems like where he will go. And then Maxfield, I think definitely Stephen Foster on June 26th. Uh, you know, those obviously with Mystic Guide, Silver State, uh, Maxfield, of course, we talk, we're going to talk about essential quality and hot rod, but... Nice little uh, uh, set of uh, horses that we're get, kind of getting going into uh, towards the classic. No question. And I think Maxfield's race in the Stephen Foster is going to tell us a lot because, you know, he has the one bad effort. It was at Santa Anita. Other than that, he's been pretty flawless. So he's interesting in uh, Silver State. Uh, another one, man, now six in a row. 
uh, Whitney's gonna gonna fit in right right where in his wheelhouse as well. So uh, yeah, definitely some interesting ones. And then country grammar of the sleeper, I'm sure he's gonna target the Pacific Classic, which is August 21st. Um, Colonel Liam is the only one on. I don't know what they'll do with him. He was pretty poor, uh, you know, last time out, uh, you know, in the Manhattan. I. I don't know if they'll give him a break or what. That's the only one that's a question mark for me right now. The problem with him is, given that he, you know, the better stakes races, you know, it, it, on the turf at Saratoga are going to be longer, and so it's he's he's obviously kind of in no man's land a little bit in terms of where are they going to go um, with him and what you know what's the ultimate goal after kind of like you're saying he was was it a non-effort was it too far what what's the ultimate goal going to be now after that Manhattan. My guess, maybe August 14th in the four-star Dave yeah, at Saratoga. It's a mile. Um, maybe freshen him up and, and, and point him towards that. That's my guess, but that, that's – I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, country grammar, and let's make everyone – remind everyone, of course, this year's Breeders' Cup is at Del Mar, so you're going to maybe start seeing some of these horses or these trainers – Maybe start looking at races that might be out there. We're going to talk about obviously Hot Rod. Sounds like maybe Pacific Classic. That might be, and there's a reason why maybe these horses, these guys want to get uh, can be a quirky course and get a race under the belt at that track. Of course, leading up into the Classic. So we'll see. Obviously, Country Grammar with Bob Baffert. Uh, we'll see how that ends up with him. Let's go to the older females division. And again, we talked about Latruska earlier, and, and I, we wanted to bring this up because a lot of these horses all just ran, you know, and that's what makes this such a cool um, topic because all these horses ran at, at, on the Belmont card. Latruska obviously is going to be your leader in the house. Uh, Monomoy Girl, Swiss Skydiver, She Dares the Devil, Kamari is a tough uh, sprinter, and of course Valence, a horse that we're still, you know, seeing what she does next when she comes back. Obviously, she was very good in the Breeders' Cup distaff last year. All right, so the distaff, how are we looking here? Yeah, I think Latruska probably going to point for that personal incident on August 28th uh, at Saratoga. That is Traverse Day. And, I, you know, there may be a prep somewhere for her along the lines. I'm sure there probably will be. But I think that's going to be her main goal. Monomoy Girl, still on the farm. We don't know a lot about what she's going to do. I, if I had a guess, if, and I think it's a big if, but if she comes back, I'd say it'd be one prep like in September and then maybe go to the Breeders' Cup. Swiss Skydiver is interesting. Um, the Fleur de Lis at, at Churchill Downs is June 26th. That is her home track. Um, you know, if she's healthy, if the fever goes away, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think we could see her there. And then obviously the personal ensign at Saratoga. She dares the devil. I, I think another that will go personal ensign. Uh, Kamari with Wesley Ward, there's a million different ways. I mean, Hell, we may see her at Royal Ascot next week. You know, you never really know uh, with with Wesley Ward. And then Valence, uh, you know, I thought she would fit in pretty well in the Ogden Phipps. Had to scratch. Um, I, I would think it wasn't like a, an injury situation. A, you know, it was just I think I think she was got a little sick too, if I remember right. And if it was an injury, it's not anything like huge. So yeah, I would think you're going to see her one prep and then try to get into that uh, personal incident as well. So the personal incident, August 28th, that's really the one you want to circle. And then let's see if Swiss Skydiver comes back in a couple of weeks in the Fleur de Lis at uh, Churchill Downs. Yeah, it seems like the personal incident is always that. <laughs> every year it feels like that race where you're going to get the two or the three of the top division horses that, that show up for that one. You get to really see a kind of a preview of the – of the distaff, so to speak. So, yeah, it seems like 
I'm with you on Monomoy. If if it's like like you say a big if, it feels like it's gonna be a one and done for her. Like run one prep and then they're gonna get her to the the or the the uh, Breeders Cup. I think it's you know they brought her back. Great, she ran well. Great, but it's like almost like obviously there's something you know, and it maybe be it maybe yeah. is time for her to to wrap things up. And yeah, I mean. If you could get to the class or this staff with Latruska, Monomoy, Swiss Skydiver, Shears, the Devil, and Valence, it'd be all right. It'd be all right. It'd be all right. So I mean, there's still hope. We just got to get some of these horses back on the track and see what they're what they're going to do. All right, let's get to the uh, three-year-old male side. Again, Central Quality is easily your horse to uh, in the you know in the catbird seat uh, in the one spot. Hot Rod Charlie, one two. No, there's no doubt about that. Mandaloon, uh, Ron Bauer, Midnight Bourbon, Known Agenda is your sleeper. I don't have any arguments there. I mean, you could argue, you could flip-flop Ron Bauer, Mandaloon, um, but really, because I mean, give credit to Ron Bauer. He skip, they skipped the uh, the the the, uh, the Derby. This is a horse that no one cared about, really. Um, you can see that in the betting. The horse wins the Preakness in runs. I mean, he, yeah, he, he got smoked, but he ran third in, in the Belmont, so. Hell, hell of a uh, of a kind of a triple crown. Uh, I think even you, as an owner, would never have expected that. Of course, Mandaloon wins, quote unquote, wins the Kentucky Derby. We'll see when that ever comes to light. Hasn't been seen since. We'll see him this weekend. But uh, how do you see this uh, this division shaking out for the second half of the year? Yeah, it gets really excited after that Belmont uh, performance for sure. Essential quality looking like Jim Dandy, Travers, or maybe just straight to the Travers. Uh, we'll kind of see how that goes. Jim Dandy will be July 31st at Saratoga, then obviously the Travers on August 28th. Hot Rod Charlie, I still think the Haskell is going to be where he ends up next on July 17th. I think that race fits him just like a glove perfectly well. And then the Pacific Classic on August 21st or the Travers August 28th. Mandaloon also looking at the Haskell. He's going to run this weekend. This it'd be this Sunday, uh, June 13th, in the five uh, horse field of the Pegasus Stakes at Monmouth, and should be one to nine there. And then we'll go to the Haskell July 17th if everything goes all right. I think Ron Bauer's a really question mark, right? He they could try turf with him. He's got a turf pedigree. Uh, you know, even I don't know where they would run him on synthetic, but he could try synthetic. He has a win there. Uh, or he could just kind of go down the the, the three-year-old regular tour. Um, you know, being based in California, maybe the shared belief is in his realm as well. I don't know. I haven't heard anything on him. Same with Midnight Bourbon. Haven't heard much, but, uh, you know, Asmus will be at Saratoga, so I would think Jim Dandy Travers probably for him. And uh, known agenda, I would think the same kind of thing. Fletcher being up at uh, Saratoga, they're going to try for Jim Dandy Jim Travers, Dandy. things like that for him. Yeah, I think that you're going to see a lot of these horses in the Jim Dandy. But I, I, it feels like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than such a quality, he really doesn't need to run in that unless they feel like they want to freshen him up a little bit. But no, I, Hot Rod will be interesting. I agree that the Haskell seems like fits for whatever reason. I, I can't like put a finger on it, but it seems like that just fits him perfectly. Of course, Bob yeah. Baffert might have 14 horses in the race because that's the only track that they'll let him run in. They're like welcoming him. It's like, come on, let's come run over here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he seems like he'll be really tough there and what he does after that, you know, if they can, if, you know, and he's done a hell of a job getting him, you know, keeping him at that level. If they can do a, a, a Haskell, you know, Pacific classic to the, to the classic, that would be one hell of a campaign for hot rod Charlie for a horse that was 90 something to one. 
in the Breeders' Cup. By the way, we didn't even talk about that. The same Breeders' Cup tri uh, exacta yeah. in the Juvenile was the same exacta in the Belmont, which was the final leg of the Triple Crown. I mean, that's just unreal. That I don't think yep. if I would have given you a hundred to one to, that you would have taken those those that, those odds that that exacta that day, considering who how big of a price Hot Rod was, would be the exacta. In the freaking Belmont Stakes, so it's just incredible, a, just a surreal. And he, and he stayed. He's pretty much had him on top. You know, stayed at the top level. Hot Rod, that is. Uh, really, both of them essential quality the whole time. So it's really a, two phenomenal training jobs. All right, let's go to the uh, the three year old fillies, which may or may not leave a lot to do, be desired. It feels like the top two here again are starting to separate themselves. With Malthot, of course, we haven't seen her since winning the Oaks. And search results, who was awesome, like we talked about in the Acorn. But after that, you have Will Secret, Obligatory, Clarier, always Karina. I mean, it's unbelievable how hard Travel Column has fallen, but she deserves it. I, I mean, what do you? I mean, Malathot obviously at search results, two horses that we'll see at Saratoga. Yeah, I would think Malathot, search results, Will Secret, and Clarier, all four are going to probably go Coaching Club American Oaks and then to the Alabama Coaching Club American Oaks will be on July 24th at Saratoga and then the Alabama on August 21st. Uh, so I would look for all three of those. And I think, you know, with the Alabama being a mile and a quarter, it might scare off search results, perhaps. I don't know if she really wants to go in a mile and a quarter, but Malathot, Will Secret, Clarier, they all want to get there. Uh, Obligatory, I certainly think they will keep this horse sprinting around one turn. That seems to be where she's best. Uh, so she will kind of fit into races like the test up at Saratoga, which is uh, which will be contested on uh, obviously Whitney Day on August 7th. So the test, the other grade one on that card. So look for obligatory there. Always Karina. Listen, this is the up and coming for Chad Brown. Two for two, two blowout victories. Uh, we could see her in the coaching club if, they, if he wants to stretch her out. We could also see her in a race like the test as well. Um, I also think there's a pretty good chance that we see her at Belmont before this meets over somewhere as well. So kind of keep an eye out for always Karina. Um, you know, I, I think she's about ready to run. I'd give her two, three more weeks. I think we'll see her uh, again there at Belmont Park. So uh, this is a really good division, but you're right. I think Malathot search results definitely head to Saratoga as a clear one, two. Hey, man, don't be giving out. Uh, always Karina. That's a top secret horse, okay? We can't be giving out this horse because Ricky's going to be pissed, all right? He's it's got really the, he's got the inside. Thinks, it's really incredible how Ricky thinks he's the only one that has this horse on his radar. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't think you understand. It, it, it's it's a horse that's two for two for Chad Brown, who's won by open links. You're not going to be the only one betting this horse when, when it runs. Uh, the Mother Goose uh, I, at Belmont. That's the race I was thinking of for always Karina. We could see her there. Uh, I, I, it definitely feels like it's – okay, so uh, real quick, because I think search results is a good example, but there's plenty of examples uh, that we've talked about. What At what point would you say a trainer starts to – you know, because you, you get through – in this case, you get through the Oaks and all these kind of three-year-old preps – uh, or three-year-old races, you know, on the quote-unquote triple crown, during the triple crown trail. So when you get the second half of the season, at what point has a trainer decided, okay, search results, that horse is probably going to be better at one turn. Let's focus on getting her to the Breeders' Cup blank. And so uh, what, do you think if these trainers are there yet, or do you think they kick, may, may kick things off with one more try at, on going a you know a distance or whatever the case, or a, a 
a certain kind of surface. Ron Bauer would be a good example. Do they try one more time on the dirt? And then it's like, okay, now let's shift focus. Let's get this horse to the Breeders' Cup turf or whatever it is. Like, what point is this? Is it now or do you think we get into the summer a little more? Oh, I, I think they probably got an idea in the back of their mind on what they might want to do one way or the other. But overall, I do think one more start before they make that final call. Like, say search results, faces Malathot, and loses by three in the in the coaching club American Oaks. I'm not saying it's going to happen, just to say, for example. Then we're thinking, you know what? Her best chance to win might be the, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint now. Right. <laughs> Let's not go to the best death. <laughs> yeah. Things like that will start to come up. Uh, with these next races, basically. And um, that's that's what makes Saratoga what it is. You get all the big-time horses, and, and they get to choose now after Saratoga meets over. Okay, now we're Breeders' Cup. We saw what we could do against these great horses. Now where can we go? We can work backwards from the Breeders' Cup to give our horse the best chance uh, to win on those first Friday and Saturday in November. Right, yeah, you get, you get, you get an idea of what the, your level is, and then you can adjust – and then go from there. Uh, all right, let's go to the sprinting division, which is always a really fun division. Of course, it's the, the Breeders' Cup sprint is always uh, a blast. CZ, Rocket, Friends Fire. Friends Fire ran uh, uh, ran well. And Mischievous Alex, he, he's just really good. I mean, Friends Fire is a monster at Belmont. Mischievous Alex, of course, ran well in the Met Mile. The Flagstaff uh, did not run well. Uh, he ran okay, but he did, you know, he got beat up against uh, Friends Fire. Whitmore, we'll see. And Drain the Clock, who made his appearance, of course, winning the Woody Stevens. So, what do you, I mean, it obviously sees the rocket, but you know, do you take, you obviously didn't take too much against him losing the Sexton Mile, considering it, you know, he was going a mile. Do you, he's obviously going to be cut back to a, a, a sprinting, uh, you know, uh, distance. Where do you put these horses moving in to the second half? Well, you'll see CZ Rocket. He returned home to California. So, uh, you know, the Bean Crosby will be where he'll point next. And, uh, you know, he, he he was great at Del Mar last year, and he probably will be again. And you're right. I mean, it was a two-turn uh, mile, and I don't think CZ Rocket really wanted any part of it. So forget about him. Uh, last time out, don't worry about that. Uh, let's see what he, what he does when he gets back to sprinting. Uh, and like I said, look for him at Del Mar next. Uh, Forenze Fire. Here, let me uh, real quickly, real quickly, why did they run him there? It's 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 a great question, especially since the True North was at Belmont on that Friday, the same week. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really like I was in a handicapping tournament, and I'm like, well, whatever I do here, I'm gonna not I'm gonna beat CZ Rocket because I don't think he can go two turn mile and he'll flatten out and somebody will beat him. Well, it happened. It wasn't my horse, but still, hey, I don't know. It was weird. It was real. I mean. Anyways. If you're going to run him a mile, the Met mile at one turn, even though the horses are much tougher, I still think one turn would have been better for him. But whatever. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> anyway. He'll Go be ahead. at Del Mar. Um, Frenzy Fire, listen, this horse, I know Belmont. He loves Belmont. But he's look, like the true north that I just talked about. He looked like a monster in that race. Now, he'll have to go to Saratoga, and he doesn't do well there. But uh, he'll be in the Vanderbilt in the forego, I'm sure. Mischievous Alex, another one, Vanderbilt, forego. Cut him back. He'll be fine. Um, Flagstaff could go to Del Mar, but he has also been on the East Coast here lately. So we'll see. Uh, he's either going to be you know, up against CZ Rocket or up against uh, Forenze Fire, M Mischievous Alex at Saratoga. He'll be at one and the other. Uh, Whitmore, haven't seen him in a while. I think Saratoga, you know, he'll be rounding back in. 
And then drain the clock, and you can also throw in Jackie's Warrior as well. Uh, I'm sure we'll be in the Amsterdam and the Jerkins up at Saratoga for the three-year-olds. And uh, so they'll they'll stay against their own uh, age group for, for another two, three months, and then they'll, they'll obviously have to go up against Olders at the Breeders' Cup. They'll keep them sprinting against their age group for as long as possible. This division feels like it's looming someone else, a new shooter, someone to get going in, in the summer or something. Because even though CZ Rocket is great and he's been really good this year, it's like, can this can he stay at that kind of level all the way to the Breeders' Cup? Yeah, I don't know. I maybe it's straight the clock. I mean, maybe that horse looked really good. Maybe it's uh, you know mischievous Alex. He's been great. Obviously, I think he can give a pass in the Met Mile. Um, you know, maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Whitmore win a stakes at, at Saratoga this summer because that's what he does. But can these horses get to the, the Breeders' Cup and finish the deal? I don't know. I'm with you. Uh, I feel like somebody's gonna pop up and be like, "Oh, okay, there's that. There's that horse." Um, I'm with you on CZ Rocket. It feels like CZ Rocket's getting re- he's he's went. It feels like he's getting ready to kind of. You know, yeah. If Frenzy Fire coming up to Saratoga, can he actually win there? Not sure. Mischievous Alex, maybe on the cutback, he might just be better. Flagstaff, I think we kind of know what he is. Good, not great. And Whitmore has had too many chances. You know, I, you can't be ex- really excited about him either. This this division might screen three year old. Like Drain the Clock ran pretty huge. Jackie Warrior, two pretty good races in a row from a number perspective. Um, you know, Aspison's got a couple other sprinters that we saw at Pimlico that's pretty good as well. So there could be somebody from this three-year-old ranks that, that really jumps up and, and catapults themselves. Yeah, don't forget, I mean, Jackie likes Saratoga. So uh, he, yep. you got you to think that Saratoga will do well. And if he continues to run well, then maybe he becomes kind of that budding star that in terms of getting to the, the Brewers' Cup sprint. Um, because, yeah, I mean, he hasn't – I mean, he did lose, and, and I know it kind of – you know, made it a little salty that he couldn't finish the deal, but it's like he ran a good race. Um, during the clock, just ran huge. Uh, so it's tough to really hold too much against him. So, yeah, I could totally see him turning the tables and becoming, you know, or at least, you know, securing that spot as a top three-year-old sprinter, and, and maybe he could do something gets the olders. Uh, all right, that's uh, that's a wrap. It, you know, we'll, obviously, the second half, we live for Saratoga. We'll be at Saratoga a few times. We'll be at Del Mar. We'll... Like we're, I can't I can't speak for you, but yeah, Belmont yeah Saratoga is more tough. Uh, I, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the Aqueduct at the Aqueduct Adequate shirts. Okay, when the Aqueduct coming? Adequate shirts have been ordered, so uh, <laughs> they are happening. They're going to be uh, teal, the Aqueduct Aqueduct teal with the, with the uh, white lettering, Aqueduct Adequate with the with the A in the middle. <laughs> we might sell the shit out of those. I can't. We might. Yeah. Uh, but all right, that's uh, that's a wrap. We'll see you guys this summer. <laughs> that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our handicap products page. Click the products link at the main menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Just gotta click that big button on the main menu, get Racing News Premium, and check out all the information we have for Ricky's Rockets, Sumo Bombs, of course, the wagering guides. The next wagering guide will be the Stars of Strategy. No, we're doing the. Uh, the Stephen Foster, right? Yes. So we call it an audible. The Stars and Stripe card, they used to do like five or six big stakes on the same card. They split them up this year. Um, so we called an audible. The Stephen Foster on June 26th will be the next guide. And then the uh, Haskell stakes on July 17th will be the one after that. All right. So go to website racetoots.com. Be a subscriber to get those for free. So 
Obviously, a lot of people subscribe during the Triple Crown and, of course, the summer with Saratoga and Del Mar and those guys coming up. Good time to be a subscriber at RacingDudes.com. So make sure you go check that out. RacingDudes.com, we are your destination side for all our free horse racing picks. Make sure you stay tuned for later. I think, believe, uh, about 30 minutes. So go uh, you know, refuel and get 30 minutes. Yeah, the Magic Mike show will be on. They had to do it a little bit later, so we took their spot. They're taking over our spot, so go... Make sure you stay tuned for the Magic Mike Show. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes. Instagram and Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, even the website at RacingDudes.com. The Magic Mike Show is doing... Do you know what they're doing off the top of your head? Uh, Churchill Downs, I believe. There you go. Churchill Downs. So they're previewing the Churchill Downs yep. late pick four. So stay tuned I, for... What? Do you know if Samich... I don't... I think Magic might have a guest this week. Uh, is that true? I was I on Monday uh, because Samich is on vacation, and he did say that he would have a guest on. He thought he would have a guest on Thursday, so we'll see. Um, Tune in. It could be Samich. Could be. This is how much we run our our business. We don't know, so it could be anybody. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll all be with you and understanding. Uh, any final thoughts uh, on the day before we put a bow on this? Congratulations! Oh, again, one more shout out to uh, Patty Gasso, head coach of Oklahoma softball, winning her fifth national title. I mean that that really is something. Um, yeah, uh, fifth national uh, title. Uh, G. Juarez, the the uh, tournament player of of the or the player of the tournament. Uh, pitcher with a .80 ERA through the tournament. That is pretty unbelievable. And uh, Jocelyn Allo setting a record for most home runs in a season. And she's just a junior, so next year she will actually set the all-time NCAA record for home runs in a career. So uh, hats off. Uh, a lot of my, uh, my, my softball people have told me this could be the best uh, lineup ever in uh, NCAA softball history. Uh, most home runs ever by uh, a, a softball team in NCAA history. So, uh, congratulations to OU, fifth national championship in softball. What was the, uh, how many home runs did she hit this year? Jocelyn hit 34, I believe. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And she hit, they were down two to one in the sixth inning last night, and she had a two run homer to give them the lead. And she also led off uh, the, uh, the first inning uh, of this game with a home run. So, she kind of single-handedly turned the tide uh, of, of the series. So it was huge. All right. Boomer. Oh, right when I took a drink. Come on. Come on. I don't do that very often. Don't take that lightly, but here you go. I know. I know. Let's try it again. Hang on. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend. Boomer. Sooner. <laughs> RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>